0: Please Say Psych is a podcast hosted by three friends who want more conversations about psychology in the Philippines, possible research ideas, and issues on mental health that our culture is too shy to discuss. Okay, so we are live. Eka. Hi hi. Okay,
1: hey. hi guys! So, Hello. how is
0: everyone?
1: Hello. Uh hey. Our break got extended, so more time to relax, I guess, and prepare. Relax for this again. year. Prepare. It's more for this on.
2: Year. It's more on panic, like you're panicking because yeah. you haven't started studying yet, but you're you're savoring the break. Yeah, That's how I, I am. I feel.
0: Then, one one week, kayo. No, na, ano, no break.
1: Uh, it, two weeks na. Two, two weeks, weeks extend we yeah. in one
0: week no classes but the next week not so sure yet and I've just recovered from COVID so it's been alright the break life. was for
2: you dude yeah. it was for you yeah
0: because I'm <laughs> like two weeks off of work because so suddenly si Eto, Depp had announced na, you know there's another break so yeah why not savor it but there's this guilt of like not doing stuff which is very much related to today's episode. Yeah. Yeah. So for today's episode, we will be talking about uh, shame, one of the negative emotions that we experience, not just shame, but also fear and mainly vulnerability. Like why do we get so scared of opening up, of asserting our needs, of like basically just, you know, being human as cheesy as it sounds. So one thing that I've been teaching in my classes this year is the attachment theory. You guys are familiar with it, naman, diba mm-hmm. um, Basically, the attachment theory. It was. Sininang salat si Bowlby. 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 And Ironsworth. So basically, the the premise of this theory is that your relationship with your primary caregiver during infancy to childhood greatly shapes how you approach your relationships throughout your lives and that's such a heavy thing to say you know how you know how your parent your caregiver treats you no la pang kamalay-malay that dictates so much about who you are and they found out that there are like four types of attachment styles that you develop based on how you were treated when you were young you have secure attachment anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and the combination of anxious and avoidant, which we now call disorganized attachment. So I'd like to ask you guys, since I asked you to take this quiz, Kanina, what attachment style do you have?
1: So I think we can start with China, Muna. Oh, God. Okay. Well, that quiz was, like, really interesting because uh, the test asked for like a mother or father, but it also like asked for a mother figure, a father figure. Because personally, it was kind of inconsistent for me because as much as my parents, uh, both of my parents are present, um, they were working. So a lot of my growing up is by my guardians or my titas, mainly my tita from my mom's side. So it's kind of weird or how much I would lean on say my mom or my titas which would you know which affected me more but i got uh disorganized i got uh, disorganized or fearful avoidant that's what i that's what i got
0: okay so basically because if you get a disorganized attachment style it's a combination of the first two insecure attachment styles you have anxious and avoidant so i could go next i have an an anxious attachment style uh, i grew up from a very good home actually it really all began talaga with this core memory that i fondly call the shakies incident so nag gh <laughs> kami tapos may shakey's pa and then like so I, and you know as a child you enter a restaurant with a playground diretso kang the playground so that's exactly what i did and pag on i was having the time of my life you know being a child innocent trauma free and then, all of a sudden, paglingon ko, I could not find my parents and my sister. Like, I, I think I was, like, three years old, four. But bata pa, bata pa And, like, paglingon ko, they weren't there. And then I just started crying. And then, like, an, a really nice lady approached me and was like, why are you crying? And I was, like, super quiet. I didn't say a word. And she kind of picked up on how I could not find... Uh, my parents and she was like oh your parents actually switched tables and then she led me to them and then I realized that you know my parents were there like in a different place and since that particular experience I developed this fear of being left at school and you know like I'd be afraid of not being picked up on time and if kunyare lumagpas nang 10 minutes or 15 minutes i'd go to the phone booth call up my parents and ask them if they were going to pick me up <laughs> like i know it sounds you so you were not weird. sure I was not sure like mababalikan niyo po ba ako <laughs> and then my i remember like when na pag umuulan noon i was in elementary panon. i was so worried na parang Gags 4:30 na wala pa mga magulang ko so sobrang ulan and i was like so worried na parang are they coming back for me or am I just going to sleep here in school and like never see them again? And I think sobrang tomatak yung experience na yun for me that even if my parents were really there for me and were really present growing up, I I had I carried with me this doubt na parang they're going to be inconsistent in meeting my needs or you know I might not be acknowledged as much as I'd like to be and recently since I started unpacking this in therapy I've kind of realized it was not just that soul experience that led to that kind of attachment style I also realized how much my relationship with my mom impacted my attachment style because while I was closer to my dad growing up it was my mom that I really clashed with a lot. You know, there was always this desire to please her or to act in a way that would make her happy, but I was not happy. You know, it was kind of like weird and contradicting for me to do that. And as a result, like I felt like growing up, I had the be parts of myself just so that I could make my mom happy. And I feel like this is something that I'm trying to change now that I'm an adult. Like, I'm more self-aware. And I'm more, like, uh, I have a better picture of why my mom acts the way that she does. Because I, I very much relate to the movie Lady Bird. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah. But like, Lady Bird... Uh, she's literally me like parang from the Catholic school girl the very overbearing mom mm-hmm. parang for, for a long time I really thought that you know loving someone is like being overbearing giving everything that you've got and what that uh, led to was me thinking that that was how you're supposed to love like you're, it's supposed to be all-consuming very overbearing like there's no regard for boundaries etc etc and, you know, when you enter therapy, you realize, oh, that's really, really not how it works. You know, it it, it screws you over in, like, the weirdest way possible. And now that I'm unpacking it in therapy, sobrang trigger like, things happen. And, like, you realize how, you know, this attachment style of yours has negatively affected your relationships despite entering it with, like, you know, good intentions. So, speaking of you know how it affects your relationships before we dive into other parts of our attachment styles let's go back to shyness uh attachment style so what how did how
1: did you think that started for you yeah um it's it's kind of weird because for me um the thing that was in the test also it says that for the disorganized attachment style, when the child's caregivers are, are their only source of safety, becomes a source of fear. So for that, um, I kind of resonated a lot with that because I had to be, I feel like I had to be independent early because my parents had to work. And, you know, it's, it's very normal for, for, for people. And especially with us Dinaman in the Philippines, very normal that both parents are working um, but one thing also is that they're very reactive. So every emotion will turn into a screaming fight, shouting, or like like the, the smallest things that can be dealt with by talking uh, turns into shouting. And it became like a turning point where I had to like um, just numb, which I still do now. So I had to numb or like just shut everything out um, every time they're sh- shouting, so just not just not think about it but you know it, it kind of impacted me that way because yeah, so bad news is equals to shouting that's what I learned. so I had to just stop and avoid every kind of conflict that's why whenever you know Ka binkopana uh, I'm gonna tell this person that she hurt me or whatever at the end of the day, I'm not very confrontational and yeah, and you—you you guys are my friends. You guys, you know, experience that. You guys know that. But there was one like very specific experience, and I and I was uh, about like twelve years old now on by this time. But this is like like the best example that I can give. I feel like okay. So you guys know that I have diabetes, right? So for our listeners, I have diabetes. I was diagnosed, and I was thirteen years old. So. Um. Well, I found out that I had diabetes through my parents, and it wasn't really like a, the greatest experience. Because you know how you tell a person that they're sick, you kind of need to be comforting, because it's a bad news. But what I, but what they did was like I was like studying chemistry, and I was having a hard time answering a worksheet. I was in high school that time, and then. All of a sudden, I get a phone call, and it's my parents. And they started cursing cursing at me, like, shouting every possible curse word that you can think of
2: in, Philippine,
1: in, 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 in Filipino. <laughs> so,
2: Hello? <and> I, yeah, how <laughs> Okay, come on. So, so,
1: like, yeah, that was, like, yeah. So, they started cursing. And then they said, no, uh, you know, pi, whatever, whatever kind of curse word. mama matay ka na, may, may ka. I know how... <laughs> you know how fucking terrible <laughs> that is for a child to year like mom I'm just trying to finish my homework don't tell me I'm about to die so so that happened so, so you kind of get a picture of how reactive it is so um and then so I started crying like oh my god I have diabetes and then and also it it's not kind of not my fault that I got diabetes we have like a long line of you know, relatives who has one. My lola has one, my dad has one, and now I have, I have the AIDIS. So, you know, and I was a fat kid, so. Um, and then after that, I was crying. And then when I went downstairs, when they got home, the first thing that they tell me is, oh, and I'm like, but you just told me I was about to die. And then you expect me not to cry? That, you know, that's those, those stuff. <laughs> yeah, so like I learned just learned not to share anything bad because I don't want to have to deal with emotions that come after it. And it took over a lot of struggles that needed to be dealt with. So I feel like that's why I have like a very avoidant type of attachment style because of that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I laugh at it now, but like it was a fucked up thing.
0: Oh my God, this reminds me of that TikTok where it's like, okay, he can laugh. He's <laughs> what's up? Okay. <laughs> I'm like, no, that was, that was pretty. That was pretty rough, you know. Was well, like, that kind of yeah? Like <laughs> I can't, I can't laugh. Yeah. Like I shy, I love you, and like we're really close, yeah. but I can't
1: laugh at that. Like, no, but like, yeah, that's the best example, like, to give, because that's yeah. what it is, like, growing
0: up. And I, I get you now, how like it's disorganized, because parang you know, yeah. you were expecting to feel safe. But then like
1: they just scared you shitless. <laughs> I know, and they expect me not to cry. And like just like what yeah, like, which emotion am I, I supposed mean, like, to feel? If I were you, I would have been like, but who has been feeding me this whole time? You
0: know, who who added to like <laughs> the, the, the like okay, you know, diabetes the happening? You know? It's, it's your like, chocolate. You know? <laughs> so I yeah. that was that was super wild. I'm trying to think of other like traumatic experiences in childhood. I think more of my traumatic experiences were like when I was in high school now, which I would rather like not Mm -hmm. talk about here. But you guys have an idea of what it was. Like, you know, having to be the parent and like the savior complex was just like developed when I was in high school mainly because of like family issues that, you know, when you're the eldest because you're kind of expected to be the third parent. And you know that just adds into the anxious attachment. There's a need to like be there for people. I don't think it's very much related to anxious attachment, like wanting to save people, but I feel like that's another result of yeah. having an anxious attachment. So like depending your worth on how much you're able to help another person, parangan. But anyway, I think you pinha surprising dito. is your you result me Alex?
1: despite yeah. her life <laughs>
0: story. Surprise. So, Alex, can you take it okay, away? Okay. Explain myself.
2: So, yung sa akin kasi, I got, so, it, I wouldn't lie, I kind of taka, taka. What, about, what, what were you?
0: Uh, what were you expecting? What attachment style were you expecting to get?
2: I'm not gonna lie. I know na secure attachment ako. Not to, like, toot my own horn. Pero, like, yeah. if I had to, like, pathologize myself to, like, a uh, spectrum more, I'd be more avo- avoidant. But I know na over the years of character development. Ah, okay, guys, I got a secure result. So, um, it's surprising, especially to my friends, or to me. Cause no one would expect, cause honestly, um how do I explain this? Cause uh, just explain kanina how this fee by be is actually rooted through early relationships with the caregivers or your parents.
0: Yeah, because, like, this was based off of, like, Freudian psychoanalysis. It grew out of that. I think this is highly connected to Klein, ata. You theory um, Klein.
2: Yeah.
0: And, yeah. So, yun.
2: So, actually, this is part of why medyo hindi ako fan nung psychoanalytic or Freud's theory, and specifically, and Klein's. Kasi... Personally, I had a really discordant childhood. So like it was like really bad. Like it wasn't it's okay. So like um so the thing here is that my parents, um, they had me when they were like twenties, they were kids, they were in med school. So and they separated a bit early. But um I lived with my mom and the thing about this is that my mom was very abusive. Um, trigger warning, it was in the beginning of the podcast, Hello, she was abusive, and I've talked about this before, but when, with my friends, actually, with my partner and everything, is that when it comes to parenting, we also learned this in class, is that the worst kind of parenting isn't necessarily the ones who are never there, the ones who are consistently bad to you. Rather, it was the ones that are inconsistent. So parents who were good at one point and then bad at one another. So the funny thing about me and my mom um, is that we were actually really close. So um, we would like share a room together. i tell her all my secrets. i do. We talk and then we'd be really close. I'd tell her how my days were. She'd tell me her problems. It was a really close relationship because I'm actually an only child is coming the low But the problem here is that she was very inconsistent about it to the point where it almost felt like she only loved me when it was convenient to her. So a good example for this is that one time, um I think this was in high school I lived I lived with Garna. And then she just disappeared. This actually happened multiple times. She just disappeared without leaving any notes, any money, anything. And then she didn't reply to anything and then she was gone for like a month and me alone at home had no food had no way to pay for the electricity had no way to um uh ever since I was like three years old um the banks would call me or yung nanay mo um my loans and then I would be the one to answer to say ako yung anak and then syempre since bata <laughs> they can't do anything about it right so like I had to talk to Meralco I had to talk to the condo owner I had to use my own money to pay for the bills to buy food I remember like wala nang pagkain and I did not have money so like there would be spoiled food and then I would eat it I'd get sick but at least I could eat it was like that bad and then that was like for that my whole childhood it was that discordant and then she would just come back and then I would forgive her because she's back. And she wouldn't say anything about it. Or sometimes even she would be like, I'm sorry, she'd cry. And then like it was like really discordant. And then this isn't on top of her being like physically abusive as well. So like I would come to school with like choke marks here. I would come to school with a bleeding black eye. I would like break a tooth. I remember my <laughs> I remember the class bully was like when did you fight back? And I was like, I did. <laughs> and, and then I oh was God. just like, and then we were all. I was just like, fuck, dude. She was just that strong, and I was like, I don't know. And then I remember one time, um, kami, cause she keeps asking for money, from money, from from me. Right? So one time mom, she was asking, what, you're asking a money from get this a child. Get this. Get this. She does that all the time. And then at one point, my best friend at high school um, said, na, Hey, don't give her money anymore. I'll yung the baon. Because my my dad sends me baon every month. Oh, okay. So I would I would lie. And I would say, oh, I left it at the bank. I left my money at school. So one time, um, I guess she saw through my bullshit. She was like, uh, wala na akong sigarilyo, bigyan mo akong 40 pesos. I was like, wala akong pera. And then, like I locked my the door in my room, and then she was so mad. She broke my door. She as in oh my butas yung door, and then dug bugbun And then like it was really bad that um my best I, that this is why I feel like I have a secure attachment. I had really, a really good um social circle. My best friend was like dude, I don't want you going home. So the next day, I still went to school. And then I I I packed my bag secretly. And then I left home for uh, like a few days. And then when I came home, she was like, I'm sorry, never do that again. It was it's it's a really discordant relationship, honestly. Um, so this is like um <laughs> a bit of like that's how it is so i was a little bit like called out in the beginning of the quiz because right? i was like another quiz about the parents i was i was expecting na parang tamina, ito na naman Syempre, i'll get the more pathological answer i'm like it's not really true uh, i know naman that my relationships are good so, so like ayun. and then when it comes to my dad because i mentioned that my dad, naman, he's working in Davao ever since I was in grade school, and then they were the, they were since I was in younger than that, like five years old. Um, it's a it's a long story, but like I even have like this like I can't even remember literally what happened when I was a kid. ko lang one time is that I woke up in the hospital. My mom was hospitalized. Tapos um. My last memory is that yung ninong ko, yung kapatid ng mom ko, and then her, because of her wallet or something. And then I was stopping them in the middle. And then when I woke up, nasa, na-hospitalized na yung mom ko, because binugbog siya ng ninong ko so badly that she had to be in critical condition. And then naghiwalay na yung parents ko, and then that's what happened. But when, when people say that to me, hindi ko talaga naalala ang yari. So maybe I was somewhere in the middle. But I digress. Pero my dad, um, my dad naman, me and my dad. Because it asks you both parents, mother figure, father figure. Yeah. So, siyempre, yung mother, I was like, very, very, um, uh, does not want to, to be attached, is not comfortable, um, okay to be left. Pero mga ganuns, but like, when it came to my dad, I'm actually really close to my dad. My dad's a really nice person. And then he didn't know about all this until I was college. But like, so I could talk to him a lot. Um, we're really close. I just came home from Davao a few weeks ago, and then like we we had fun. Naman, yung mga ganon. So I was close to my dad. So uh, but the thing about that is that since he's in, in Davao, um we have a long-distance relationship in a way.
0: So mm-hmm.
2: So when that happens, is that uh, we don't really talk that much. Tapos me and my dad make a joke that when my dad's in business meetings, uh, hindi kami clingy. Uh He he doesn't look for me. I don't look for him when when my when my my family calls my cousin. I live with her now. Uh, I don't look for my dad. I'm just like ah okay, kaya na nila yan. So, in a way, my relationship with my dad isn't perfect either. So, the reason I think I got a a secure attachment, despite all of that, is that because right now, all my relationships are pretty good. And I've talked to this with my friends, with my partner before, is that I feel like my good relationship with my dad, if we had to relate the parent thing, is that my dad was a bit of a buffer to the, to Mm -hmm. the... to the negativity of what with my mom was. So like um pero I think I can dissect more on how I got a secure attachment style based on the quiz. But I can't really get that from describing my parents alone. But I feel like it would be better to hear um how you guys would describe your relationships now
0: okay this is yeah. very interesting you like how you know because I, I think one thing that's unfair about the quiz is how it focuses so much on childhood i think that's one of my qualms about psychoanalysis it's always about oh everything is like rooted in childhood you blame your parents for everything on one hand i like blaming my parents you know and they fucked me up really good like in a lot of ways that i that we will be talking about in future episodes but at the same time it's like are we just really doomed from the start so it's really important that we learn to examine how you know our attachment styles have changed throughout and i think i could start by saying that mine has not really changed i'm still like anxious as ever and this was really magnified in my first relationship like sobrang late doomer ako So, you know, college, like, I was just, like, I knew people were into me. I just did not act upon it. It was, was, like, after college that I started, like, putting myself out there and got myself into, like, my first relationship. And then, you know, which was a ride. You know, it, it was nice. But at the same time, you know, when it's your first, you learn so much about yourself. And you encounter things that you don't really have a blueprint for. So, it was in my first relationship where... I saw how this attachment style was a huge part of who I am. Like, I have that very textbook definition of anxious attachment. Like, sobrang constantly seeking assurance from others na parang I'm gonna be like, Hey, do you still like me? Like, are you still interested? Like, to pa pa tayo. Yung mga ganoong classing questions. Like, I thought that it was normal to be that, how for assurance but turns out you know you don't ask for it every few days apparently that's not how it works <laughs> and parang i kind of realized now oh it's kind of disrespectful to ask for assurance that often because it's like doubting your partner but like ako kasi i was so all in my head na parang this guy doesn't like me it's probably an illusion i'm probably being delusional about it ganyan Another issue that I encountered was having trouble communicating my needs. I think one of the reasons why my first relationship just, like, burst into flames. I mean, it ended well, like, we're civil. But, like, a huge issue was communication. And, you know, even if... My partner at the time had more experience than I did. You know, like it was also important for me to speak up. Then, because, because obviously your partners aren't mind readers. You can't just like debug your way or like you. in you know, term na toyo, you can't just toyo your way into like getting what you want. You, you know? can't. <laughs> you can't apparently. Okay. <laughs> Diba? So I think that's another thing din kasi. with the Filipino culture where we're not as assertive as the West para it's so normalized this idea that you're the right partner for you should be able to give you what you need without you saying anything that's so toxic hmm. like I it, I learned that in my first uh, time dating somebody nah you actually have to speak up because the guy has no idea what exactly you want or how you want him to show up and another issue that I encountered was how clingy I would get like you guys know clingy like in general but like in when I'm in a relationship like it was just like clingy or it was like, pati ako, ako sa kung oh, parang, oh, we have to like, go, we have to part ways. I was like, oh, can we spend more time together? Like it's like, look back on it. I was like, Calm down. Girl, calm down. Like yeah, You're gonna see him tomorrow or like, all that kind of stuff. And, another, yung hindi ko tanggap na textbook definition ng anxious attachment is that you have low self-esteem. Like, I feel like, Kasi ako feeling ko yung root cause ng low self esteem cause my body image issues which I got to fix ng college ako like I got I started going to the gym started like really taking care of myself so I feel like naalagaan ko nayon but it turns out tipo pa pala like there's so many more aspects to self esteem that I was not really acquainted with and that really shown no ano my past tense now shine shown it doesn't okay anyway was yeah, it really yeah anyway it just really got magnified yun, better term like yung self-esteem issues ko. how you know I would act out the fear because like people with an anxious attachment have this very strong fear of abandonment I was always so scared of getting left behind you know even if the guy was just like really doing his best to say that hey i'm not going to hurt you or like even if i hurt you i won't i don't really mean it it's just probably because of you know miscommunication like i'm really sincere about this i'm really trying and i i remember there was this one conversation that we had parang he, he he told me that he didn't like that i was doubting his intentions cuz he knew that he wanted to be with me and i was like really can you say that again and you know this, yung abandonment issues ko led me to acting out of fear. So, ang nangyayari, I don't really speak up about what I want from my partner or what I want to happen in the relationship until I feel like my relationship is threatened. So, if I feel like, kanyari, may slight change in tone or, you know, the guy isn't really in the mood that much or there's just something different in the air for some reason. Because like, sobrang hypervigilant kayo when you're anxious say eh. I'd, oh, I'd just be super overwhelming about what I want, what I need, blah, blah, blah. That It gets very overbearing sa end ng partner ko na parang, whoa, 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 why are these things happening all at once? So, what didn't help din kasi is that when you're an anxious type, you're likely to be attracted to avoidant types which we don't have here satin tatlo. Yun yung one aspect ng kai na yung disorganized attachment. So as I said earlier, disorganized attachment is a combination of anxious and avoidant. So anxious, you want to be close to people because you're scared of being alone. Yung avoidant is the complete opposite. Na parang you're not interested in developing close relationships to others because when you were a kid, your emotional needs were not met your parents were there for you in fulfilling your basic needs they were there for you in providing shelter food etc but when it when it came to like things such as affection support ganon, your parents were just not there or they were just like i don't know what to do with this so as a result avoidant types end up thinking that their emotions are not important so they avoid intimacy at all costs so but you know like every other person they do want to develop good relationships. It's just that they're not as interested in it as everybody else. But yun nga, the avoidant attracts the anxious. Kasi, parang push pull So that was what my first relationship was like. It was an anxious avoidant dynamic. Na parang, I express interest. He expresses interest. I express a little too much interest. He pulls away. And then I would chase. Mm-hmm and then if i get tired of chasing he goes back and it just goes that way like it took a while before fixing things talaga and like really enjoying the relationship but because of you know how we weren't well acquainted with these issues the relationship did end eventually and i feel like if i were more equipped in handling you know my anxious attachment and did not really rely on him entirely i think Things would have gone differently, so I think sobrang magnify yung attachment style ko when it comes to romantic relationships. I feel like in my friendships, I'm not as clingy. Like I can go days without talking to you guys, <laughs> you know. But yeah. when it comes to, like having a romantic partner, dun talaga nakikita yung attachment style ko, which is so embarrassing. <laughs> so ayon, I think that's that's how that's how my attachment style. Is. Affects my relationships. How about uh, Alex?
2: Okay, okay. So, when it comes to this, ba, I got secure. Na. So, it took a bit of self analyzing, like, ako sa kama ko. I was like, Bakit kaya? like that But I, it, it makes me think, because in my current relationships, I have a really good standing with current relationships, like with you guys, with ano, my current partner, Flex Kolam, ganun. Um, We have like I have a really good communication with the people around me. So, like, (laughs) this is funny because, like, I think uh, it's a lot of people who I could, like, point my growth to. Uh, The earliest one I could remember is my high school teacher. So, like, a lot of these things that I mentioned kanina about my childhood happened in around high school. So, like, I had this high school teacher this is why i really like teachers like just this is for you um my high school teacher i think she saw through the fact that my home life wasn't exactly the best. Because kapag PTC, my parents would never come. Um, yung damit ko, ang gulo. And then they're like, oh, but ang, ang gulo ng damit mo, but wala kang baron? And I was like, oh, wala po tao sa bahay. And then like, ha, your parents? Mo? And then I was like, hindi po, po alam. And I was like, ha, anong ibig sabihin, hindi mo alam. And then like, I, I remember one time I went to school na <laughs> I got drunk with my friends. Tapos I got a sprain foot. That it was so sprained that it was purple, like my whole leg was purple, and like when I came home, um there wasn't anyone home, so I had to go to school the next day, so what I did is that I bandaged it myself, and then I walked to school and then my and then I went to the nurse and then saw oh, okay, and then they were like. Na, ang and I was like, naman nung bandage to And I like, who's <laughs> a bandage to you? I And then, like, kaya ako nagdoctor Anyways. <laughs> um, so, like, that high school teacher, because, funny, um, when we were in high school, all of the, uh third year, fourth year, all of the bad kids, quote, unquote, all of the bad kids got reshuffled into one section. And then what happened is that no one liked each other, right? Because like none of us were friends. We had friends before that. So when it came lunchtime, walang taos was in the classroom, um, no one wanted to be friends with each other. But this teacher really got us closer to the point na, um when it came to the last year of school, uh, when we were all having a heart-to-heart, we were like, actually, I like this section more than the section I had before because we were closer than ever just because someone brought us together and that it was that teacher because she was really motherly to us and she believed in us even if we were like the delinquents because I would skip school every week I would like do drugs I would smoke I would I, I didn't have a good childhood I really didn't have a good childhood and then like it carried over eh, to college. I wasn't a good person. Like I was the meanest person ever. I wasn't close with Justin or Shaina, so I don't think they really know. But like, oh my god, I have I, I
0: have a core memory of of Alex. Binara mo yung is an blockmate. Like, uh, I
2: know. He was asking
0: for notes, sa quiz. Like he was asking if he could cheat off of you, and you were like in the group chat, um block na you were like no, and uh, like. From then on, sobrang mad respect kay Alex. I was like, I respect I this
2: person. have meaner moments. Yeah. I have minor moments. Like, meron isang blockmate na parang, I have PTSD because of all the things that happened in the past. Right? So, I get really, mabilis ako marindi when it comes to noisy people. Um, May sad that this guy or blockmate kept pop- popping balloons. And then, I was like, like, I was in the corner. I was like, bobo bo- 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 kasi. And I was like, <laughs> like, I they were really hurt, right? But I was like in my head, I was like, you know, and but I wasn't the nicest person. In fact, to my girlfriend right now, I was like, pang it Mugago <laughs> Like she would be like really sad because like she was actually hurt. But like that was just me being like some high school people, people based on kid who had a big crush and had no idea how to express their feelings. So I would just call them like ugly. I was that kid. Like, I wasn't really a good person. But, like, I think the growth kind of started when I got my first relationship. Um, Shout out to my first relationship. We broke up already. Pero, like, alam mo yung meme na, I can fix her.
0: <laughs> Meron, yeah, I can fix her, <laughs> but I'm worse.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My masa, yun yun, like, I can fix her, but I'm But, like, she, she was really patient with me, like when we would have fights, she would be like, I'm really patient Um, because I would be really, uh, uh. I said earlier kasi kanina na yung uh, attachment style ko is avoidant if it wasn't secure. So like I would be like, break na lang tayo, or like ayoko na, yung ganun, and then, <laughs> and then she would be like, no, um, a relationship is supposed to work. Um, let's talk about it like this. So I learned we were in a long term relationship. Actually, it was like three, four, five years. I don't remember. I say I five, but apparently it was just three. But like, uh, that person really changed me. I'm really thankful. Um, we broke up for a lot of reasons. But I kind of realized that. Uh, after a few years, cause when I first broke up, I was so sad. I was about but I was so fucking sad. I was like, I'll never find someone who loves me again. <laughs> I was hooking up with my girlfriend now. I was like, no one will love me like anyone else. Like, <laughs> and so like, but I began began to understand my own flaws. So like over the years, I began to grow because of that, and then like. Syempre, there's my current partner, which is also part of my college friends. So, uh, the, I went before how my mom would, like, meet me up, ganun. So, one time in college, uh, she beat, nag-away kami. And it was because of brownies, actually. Kasi, like, nag-bake siya ng brownies. Kasi, hindi niya binake sa bowl, binake niya sa pan. And I was like, Yuck! And then, nagalit siya. So, tinapunan niya ako ng bote, ng wine. And then, like, nagbugbugan kami, syempre. To the point na sobrang bugbugan namin. I have the scores to prove it. Binugchi, ano, bote ng wines. Like, binasag sa ulo ko. There's uh, a lot of things going on. So, like, it was really bad. To the point na I had to go to the police and ito ganyan. Pero I was so lucky kasi... My current girlfriend now, si Kat. Um, my phone broke the day, a week before. Tapos, I saved all my numbers in the SIM card. Or I saved my current, my past significant others number in the SIM card. Tapos, I had an extra phone from Kat na I texted. I texted her the night it happened. Kasi my mom broke my laptop, my mom broke my phone. She took all everything para wala ako that that happened. But I used that phone and then I was like, something happened, you know, na. contact Nikki. Contact our friends. And then Nikki um made a group chat and then they contacted my dad. And then my dad flew, the moment he found out, he flew from Davao to Manila. And then I... Uh, before this pala, I've been staying with my girlfriend before, for the past two years a So shout out talaga sa, sa ex kong yun, cause she was like, I don't want you living at home anymore, live with me for free. Alam mo yon. like, these people around me were so nice that it made me who I was today, so I can't, like, it was, I'm so thankful because my friends saved me. My dad, nga When I was talking to him, I was like, "Like, kulang na lang sa mga mo, mag maghalumpat, pasaya na lang ako, magpasalamat." And then, like, if it wasn't for those relationships, I don't think I would be alive. Literally, like literally, like legit. Uh, so like, I feel like without the so it's like the nature versus nurture thing. So like, the fact that these people around me served as someone who can, who who did, who aided in my uh, character development, despite what the fuck happened in my early life. I feel like that's what led to my secure attachment. Um, I still have some issues, um, I'm queer, I have a Asian family. I can't share everything from them, but that's okay. It's a lot better now as because now I can actually live my life without having to worry about what to eat what, what where to sleep what to my babukas. so like um I' I have a lot of people to think and then like at the same time that made me who I was today who had... A secure attachment, besties. What's up? If flexible, uh, a have like, yeah. though.
0: Like, after everything yeah. that you've been through, now most of the things that you just talked about, now I about you. I'm just like, you know, same. she deserves yeah. it. Yeah. So That's what I always right say. I, that's self. what I always say. Yeah, like, it, it's right so crazy, me. no? Like, even, like, people who go through the worst stuff are mm-hmm. capable of, like, you know, developing healthy attachment styles. It just goes to show that, you know, it's not, we're not doomed. You know, even if like childhood sucks. Not and, like, entirely. Yeah, your teenage lives, yeah. your teenage years rather, were like mm-hmm. spent in vain. Like there's still actually some hope, but it just takes a huge amount of effort. Like there are people who are not like Alex, na maganing support system na parang. They really have to put in the work themselves and find it in them to, like, get better, which is, you know, the, the, the social support that you get. It's, like, a huge privilege talaga. And but Alex had that. But, yeah, Did you, move on to Shaina, yes. who has That's a very no interesting oh, attachment style. Okay.
1: I know, I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that until you said it, that it's disorganized into, like, a bunch of things because it's actually happening now. And it's actually, like, the point of, like, my, all of my problems basically but starting off I guess well you guys know and I've said in the previous podcast that I'm an angry person and have a lot of anger inside me and that um, I think it you know it kind of snowballed because of all of the shouting how I all of the insecurities that I developed because of growing up being a fat kid and having let's you know Like to put it plainly, like having a family that is fat phobic, everything. So all of that anger. And then right now with my current relationships, I still find myself like the biggest, like the two biggest uh, problems that I have is that I tend to numb and I isolate a lot. So there's this one occurrence that my mom actually told me that, that affected her. That, and it didn't affect me because I didn't think that it was that bad so you guys tell me if it's bad because <laughs> I really didn't think it's bad so um, when I was young like my grade school days up until high school actually um, I would I, I would be you know included in the star section and I would get um, certificates for being in the top 10 all of those all of those stuff and in my school we usually have y- mga awardings and, um, and the awardings uh, the, the 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 parents would be invited uh, and then we would like walk with them and everything but for me I viewed it as my parents are so busy right now so um, I'm going I'm getting awarded so might as well just surprise them with the certificate so I don't ever tell them that I have an invitation to this I just um, I just like you, you know line up and then I was like lined up with my friends and all of their parents and I would walk by myself to get my award. And then sometimes a teacher would, you know, um, go with me because I don't have a parent, like go with me to like receive my award. But I don't think it ever like really occurred to me that it's such a big thing until my mom like pointed it out. Parang, so, sino yung sumasama like, It's not a big deal. So parang, I feel like Right then and there, what I thought was independence was actually like trying to, just trying to live with myself because I know that they're busy and like all of those stuff. Is that like a big thing? Because <laughs> like, like my mom was affected, but I wasn't.
2: That sounds interesting. You know, um, na papayisip ako kasi if yung if it didn't affect you, is it because at first ba were you because it was because you thought they were busy. So I think this could be like in a way related to you being discordant. Because you don't want to feel na you're burdening them. Because if you were yeah. burdening them, baka sigawan ka na naman, but ka na naman, baka, umiiyak, <laughs> baka naman it would lead into conflict. So I feel like it's like a cascade. But it's interesting yeah. because it, it affected her. Uh, I only yeah. hope that our parents now feel something. Yeah. like. <laughs> what do you think, I think
0: that's a, ano, when we're kids, I think this, this was mentioned in one theory, na parang you're very egotistical when you're a child. So everything, you view the world based on your own feelings, your own perspective. You don't really look at how... Your actions affect others. It's always just like me, me, me. I forgot kanina yeah. tiyito, but basically that's that's the whole idea of being a child. Like you're your own world. Like ikaw lang. So I feel like that's one way of explaining why Shaina acted the way that she did. But also based on you know previous experiences of hers, where you know she she did not receive her expected uh, needs from her parents, like, you know, the, the jabetis situation. <laughs> parang, you know, she was expecting comfort and, like, assurance, but all she received was very misplaced anger. I feel like na generalized yeah. oh, this is a whole different issue. Like, recognition day is a whole different story. But I feel like, based on previous experiences, Shaina was able to generalize that and think, na, okay, there's a thing that I need to go to because a recognition day you it's a need, but it's a social need of yours. I need to go to yeah. the event, but like I'm not gonna tell my parents because I don't know how they will react to it. And I feel yeah. like this is where the anxious side of being disorganized comes in. You don't really try to look into your own emotions. Cause like we'll you were others. so you were so focused on how your parents would take it now you didn't know how you would feel about getting recognized by your school. Na parang yeah you're supposed to feel proud. I, parang... I, I I am but like and, why was yeah. it why why was it overshadowed by this you know indifference towards your parents or like this lack of concern for how your parents might take it. So I feel like yeah. I feel like Cause, you know it's a reflection then of uh-huh. your relationship with your parents because you did not trust them enough.
1: I do have trust. <laughs> so I yeah, and yeah, and I agree. So, um, well, growing up, um, up until now, I guess I'm in med school. So like of course I long for academic validation. Of course. Um, and one thing also that, you know, is an example of me numbing and isolating is that um when I was when we when we graduated high school, we were like applying for colleges. And the all the colleges that I applied to, I never I didn't got I didn't get in because I got too complacent. Same. Right. Same. Like I got too complacent. Same, same, like, oh, same, I I'm an awardee or whatever in high school. I, I like graduated with honors. So I should be able to get get in, right? No. And um it happened. Uh and then my mom and I had a talk and she like really like pointed it out. Bakit hindi ka malungkot like bakit hindi ka yung iba if they didn't get in, they parang sobrang affected, sila. they don't cry and everything. And I know for myself that it made me sad, like super sad, and made me feel ashamed, of course. You know, because like, why didn't I get in? Why didn't I got in? So, um, but then that's it. Like, I nub everything, I isolate everything, and that's actually my biggest problem because that's how I tackle every kind of situation that I have. Like, for example, um, for my relationship right now, because this is the first relationship that I ever had. And I do not understand myself because on one end, I know that I have so much love to give. I know that, you know, I, I, I have so much love to give, that's it. But on the other hand, I think about what if I'm not fit for this? And it has a lot of layers to it. I just don't know what those layers are. I don't know if I'm fit to be in a relationship. I don't know if I can give that much of myself to a person. And weirdly enough, with the, um, we, re- we watched the TED Talk before this, just so you know, but um, I picked up something that uh, the, the speaker said, and sh- she's like, can I love you this much in order to, st- in, uh, in order to stop catastrophizing? And that really hit home because like, I have so much love to give, but I just can't give it because I feel like there's this wall. Nah, I'm just trying to protect myself because in order to love, is you need to be vulnerable, which is the topic of today. Let's not right? be vulnerable. It's, no. so, right? it's, so, it's so weird. It's, it's to be not able to like, give <laughs> fully and be happy fully. I need to be able to give myself to this person and like just love. And as a person who numbs things out and, and just like not talk about it, it affects so much because of course my partner deserves the love that I, that I am supposed to give or like, or I have, He's he, you know, he deserves that. But like, yeah, I catastrophize. I don't know, every part of the way. Like, if this doesn't end, will I be able to still stand up for myself? Like, like my independence is so important to me that I can't seem to, you know, distinguish the the, the line between am I still independent or am I, like, I don't know, dependent now? Or am I too vulnerable now to lose myself? Because that's really, I feel like, what affected me also. Like, relationships in high school, right? Like, yung mga friends natin, natin na, di ko na alam ko, ko pag wala siya. And I'm like, I've never felt that way. And I don't want to feel that way. Like, what if your partner goes away and then you don't know what to do with yourself na? I don't, I don't think that should happen. And I feel like that's also what I'm scared of. That's why it's like, kind of this gray area. Yeah. I very yeah.
0: much relate to how Shaina numbs herself. Like, my way of numbing myself is not like, need a new strategy ko. I don't go numb. I don't shut yes. down. Uh, that's usually more of an avoidant strategy. As an anxious person, I rationalize things. I ruminate mm-hmm. a lot. I just really analyze the situation. I psychoanalyze the situation and just, you know, try to report it, like, objectively. ako Like, I exert so much emotional energy explaining what happened, going through the details, the nitty-gritty of it all, that I don't reach the part where I'm supposed to explain how I feel about certain things. Namparang, okay, this certain thing happened. I felt neglected or I felt like I wasn't appreciated enough. But how did I feel? How exactly did I feel? It's not just like feeling neglected because this happened. But like... What's the emotion? What's the particular emotion? So, it's neglect. But, like, I leave it at that lang. Hmm. (laughs) how does it affect you physically, emotionally? Like, how does it affect how you see yourself? You know bagay. And I think it's these issues that we really have to confront. Well, see, Alex, all she has to do is, like, maintain it. So, this question is mainly for both of us, Shai. So, how do (laughs) we overcome... Challenges that come with our attachment style. I think I could I could go first. Um, go go. Therapy talaga has been really helpful for me. Honestly, uh-huh. like I'm so glad. For you. Yeah, I'm so glad that my therapist and I are compatible in a lot of ways. Na parang. I, do, I just do talk therapy. Like, I'm not on meds yet. It's, it's, it's my own decision not to be on medication yet. And I'm so glad the past two sessions that I've had with my therapist, she did not bring up the idea of me taking meds. So yes. I think that's, like, a huge progress on my end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, nice, nice, nice. And, you know, like, she affirmed, you know, the things that I've been doing. Na parang, you know, even if I, I kind of, like, dumped a lot on her last week because I met we had our first session for the year like last week and despite the negativity the amount of negativity that I felt as I was sharing she told me na parang you know you're really making a lot of progress like you're you know how to identify your emotions better etc etc and I was like
1: wow <laughs> nice
0: like I know I pay, her. I pay for her to talk about these things and even like she sees it <laughs> So, like that's the that's the thing. Um, I feel like for me to overcome, uh, the anxious type of attachment, I read of this book about attachment styles. It's called Attached. I forgot who the author is. Like, let's let's search who the author is. Uh, ato. Attached, the new science of adult attachment, blah blah blah, by Amir Levine and Rachel S. F. Heller, Heller, Hellier? basayon. In in that book, they they talk about all attachment styles. And parang one thing that really struck me with this book is that not everybody shifts from an insecure attachment style to a secure attachment style. It, it it's the solution though is two things. Either maging secure ka you work towards a secure attachment or you learn to live with your current attachment style, which I feel like is realistic, you know, because like the, the work, the amount of work that it takes to shift from like, let's say anxious to secure, it's a lot of work and not everybody has enough protective factors to empower them to do that. So I think right now what I'm doing is learning to manage my anxious attachment i'm kind of accepting that oh this is a part of who i am and if i get into another relationship if i meet new people this is something that they will need to accept well i'm working on it but at the same time it's something that they have to be aware of so how i'm managing this attachment style is really identifying what i want without worrying so much about how the other person might react if I speak up. Like I said, in my first relationship, I was always so scared of, you know, identifying my needs, telling the guy that, hey, I want us to spend more time together or I want to take this relationship to the next level, blah, blah, blah. And I'd always be so held back by this fear of rejection, this fear of being left behind and... That really discouraged me from being assertive. So another thing that I am currently working on is learning to speak up and be assertive about my own needs. And I feel like in my personal relationships, a romantic relationship. Na yon, it was, I was always so worried about how he might react. I'd be worried about him not being able to meet those needs of mine or him not being ready, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to realize that when it comes to your emotional needs, you don't have to worry about the other person that much. And how they would react is usually a reflection of where they are mentally. And it's not them saying, I can't meet your needs because you're not worthy. It's usually because I have issues that I need to fix before I get to this certain point. And then, like, often, like I easily take things to heart. I take things too personally. But if you're not ready to be in a serious relationship with me, it's, or a long-term relationship with me, it's like, Pangit it's it's always that thinking that, parang, I know I'm hot, like, why are, why can't you meet my needs? Parang ganun. But then you learn in therapy, then you can, there's a saying, you can only meet a person as much as they've met themselves. So, with an anxious attachment, you really have to learn how to develop an abundance mindset. Like, in scarcity and growth mindset. So, people with an anxious attachment style, they're just so worried na, I'll never experience this again, blah, blah, blah. But okay, hindi ako, hindi to that. But I feel like it's something people need to hear as well. Like, I know I can find somebody else who can treat me better. But sometimes, I'm just really, really stubborn. Na I just want to see how far I'll go with this particular person that I don't really, you know, let go until I'm forced to by external circumstances. But for other people with an anxious attachment style, you know, it, it's really all about developing an abundance mindset na parang, this is not the only person who can love and meet my needs. There are other people out there who are able to do that. And I just have to trust that the more I speak up, the more I know what I want, the more I know who I am, I will learn to attract people who can cheat me right. So that's something I'm learning to do. And I think I'm, I'm doing good at it now. Like, I think if I were still in that relationship now, I would have handled things so much better. I would have been more assertive. I would have taken the lead even cause, despite the lack of experience because I'm more familiar. But yeah. so these are just like Nuggets of wisdom I've learned from that particular relationship and how therapy has helped. I know therapy is not accessible, so it's really all about, you know, being in your head sometimes and, like, learning to psychoanalyze yourself. So, ayon. uh Let's go uh, with...
2: So okay. Well, it was interesting how you pointed out that, you know, because our topic is vulnerability, right? So, when it comes kasi to vulnerability, a lot of that is based on interpersonal relationships. And it was interesting for you to say that it's about you, in a way, not necessarily the other person. From what I understood. Yeah. Um, na, so, like, in a way, I agree. But in some points, I kind of disagree. But, like, uh, when it comes kasi to the topic of vulnerability, what I relate it to is that, because you mentioned Kanina how what I have to do long naman now is to maintain my current relationships. But, like, it's, it's work then. So, yeah. uh, I can really relate this to this book that I've read before that it's called Chop Wood Carry Water. Um, It's by Joshua Medcalf. I'll, I'll link it in the, ano, the description. Pero, it's basically a story about this kid who wants to be a samurai archer. But, and then, magpakaturo siya sa teacher. And then, like, Shepherd excited Shah with the bow and arrow, but like, no, you have to build your own house first. You have to chop wood, you have to carry water. And then he's angry, cause like, where when do we get to the exciting part? So the book's actually more about the mundane. So like it's being in love with the process. So when it comes to this, I can relate this because it comes to I'm a If you think about it. But it comes into mind when it comes to relationships, you have to understand that learning to love yourself is learning to live with yourself through the everyday. And that includes loving the people around you. That means appreciating every single, um, every single interaction, understanding the imp- importance of those interactions and what they mean to you. Um, that's how I always see it. So when I talk to someone, I don't always see it as how it affected me. Rather, I see it as how it affected both of us. So um, when it comes to appreciating a connection with someone, you have to learn to understand na, for me, lang, when it comes to it, kaya it was super interesting when you said it was inside, it was like a self thing because yes, I agree, I agree that you have to take care to love yourself. Before loving others. But at the same time, we can learn to love ourselves by loving others, the people around us. Because China said she has so much love to give. And why don't we utilize that? And then like we have we can show or if we have a hard time showing that that love, we can show it by appreciating every single little thing that the people around us do. So like, and with that, I feel like if you start appreciating things um that you do with other people not just what they give to you but rather what you give to them also you t- you learn to become vulnerable in the process because you learn to open up it. I think that's that's an effect of being close to a person you tend to open up, up. Yeah. so like um when so that's what I think about interpersonal relationships chalkwood carry water you have to fall in love with the process of every relationship that comes in, in your way that's how i always saw it when it comes to overcoming all the challenges because I, I i said i was a shitty person but like when i started viewing my relationships that way it made a bit it made life a bit more um enjoyable quote unquote so in chalkwood
0: i just want to water. add lang then. To what Alex said, na parang, you know, it's not just about loving oneself, it's really about learning to love others, which I really agree with, except that with my own attachment style, parang, the focus has to be about learning to live on your own for quite a while first. Like it, it it's possible to learn to, you know, be okay on your own while dating someone, which was what I did. And I really one of my favorite things about being in that relationship was that i realized i had so much like i was so good at loving somebody like giving what i had and one of my favorite things was like us being vulnerable together and to the point where it led me to learning how to handle him better and him learning how to handle me better but there were just issues personal issues brought by our own attachment styles that led to like the falling out So I think it's also important that we strike a balance between self-love and love for others. Because I feel like there are people who feel like loving others is a substitute for self-love or the other way around, when in fact, they go together, both of them. Like, you know, after I work on my own issues, I'm not just supposed to leave it at that. I'm supposed to put myself out there and develop healthy relationships with people, so that I could figure out if talagang talaga ho, or if like I'm actually better at handling relationships. So I I also like what you said na, you know, it's really all about falling in love with the process. Like one of my favorite modern psychologists, si John Gottman. He he studies relationships. He's a marriage therapist for over forty years now, and they found this ratio for successful relationships, so it's five to one. For every negative interaction you have with your partner, you're supposed to have five healthy interactions after that conflict. So, in yung pinaka basis. Like, for healthy couples, you need to have that kind of ratio in order to be satisfied. Kasi yung nangyayari with a lot of relationships, they feel like for every good, there's supposed to be a bad thing. So, it's one, one is to one. And mm-hmm. if it's always just like that, you're not going to be as satisfied as couples have that five-to-one ratio where, you know, bumabawi talaga sila when something bad happens. So, I just wanted to add that because, like, John got my yeah. favorite nice, nice Favorite psycho- nice. That's so interesting. psychologist I get you
1: what guys. you mean, more. Yeah. yeah. I get it. So, yeah. It's interesting. Super. Because um, I think the main thing that I got from what just said that knowing what I want without the anxiety of how the person or the other person reacts is so difficult, uh, personally, for me. Because on one end, the anxious end of me, would just want to solve every possible conflict that I have right then and there. Because I don't want anything to be prolong. That's the anxious part of me. Like, if we're going to fight, let's fight now. Like, not tomorrow, just now. Without the regards, without, uh, without, you know, um, thinking about, what state I am in right now, what state the other person is in. And the other part of me which is avoidant is that if this doesn't get resolved, then I'm out. I'm, i always have that escapism. Oh my god, I have attitude. that
0: I have that same right? problem then. If I want if mm-hmm. we're in conflict now, I'm just like, let's fix let's fix this now. Na parang I remember yeah. one, of, one of the awful fights that I had no was like I just really wanted to get things off of my chest that I confronted the guy like mm-hmm. in a really inappropriate place. Like it was outside. I dragged like I didn't really drag him out, but like I confronted him and people <laughs> saw and like you know yeah. my voice was loud. Apparently I, I, I was drunk and like yelling and like it was oh, I was, we know. was <laughs> I was not yelling at the top of my lungs. I was just like really assertive.
2: And, like, Uh loud.
0: And that was interpreted as yelling because it was a public Mm -hmm. place. And, you know, even if I was able to let it out, I hurt the person then. Like, my partner at the time was not having any of it. Like, he... Like, sure, I was able to express my feelings, but he was not ready. And that led, like, a really big fight. And it was not resolved. So... Uh You know, one thing that I've also learned is trusting talaga that eventually you'll be in the right headspace to fix things. Yeah, that that's important. You, ha- you really impossible. have to trust your partner talaga, which yeah. is difficult.
1: Yeah. That's so difficult. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's harder than it sounds. And, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're impatient, which mm-hmm. is what I am. Because, you know... Uh, like, yeah, like what I said, the avoidance side of me is just we deal with this now or I'm going to numb or I'm going to isolate or I'm going to ruminate, which is what you do just right. But for me, it's more of if you don't fix this, I'm going to nub myself and I don't think you're, you, you will be able to talk to me in a proper way. And it's more of and that's where ego comes in as well, because even if I, I know like I'm calming down, if the person does not approach me or like baby me. And like get me to soften up, soften up. I'm not gonna soften up, and that's just ego. At the end of the day, for me personally, but yeah. But the the relationships that I have right now are I can group them into three: uh, the relationship with my partner, the relationship with the friends that are going well, the the relationships that I have that are going well with with, with regards to friends, and then the relationships that I'm still working through because it's kind of rocky when it comes to friends as well. And those three relationships are like the biggest things that I'm handling right now. And it's because um, I have to face my problems and feel my feelings to be able to know what I want. And I wouldn't be able to solve it if I don't know what I want. And like I said, the, you know, my attachment style, it's very polarizing. I don't know which end I'm going to fall into day by day. So For this one, for my relationship, for my partner, I cannot stress this enough, but like, I'm very, just very thankful that he is patient. Because to be able to deal with me and all of the things I'm trying to figure out, because this is my first relationship, I don't know anything. Like, to be able to guide me through it, like the partner, your partner, or any other, you know, partners should be able to be patient with you and just know that. I'm working through it because lately, the recent fight that we've had, I I just realized that I still have that anger and um, going back to, I have a lot of anger ever since, I mean, I was in high school. I thought I was getting better in college and psych, like going through that um, course helped me to be better at managing my emotions. But then again, I thought it was completely gone, but it's not. And that's something that I need to face as well. Is that I thought that I thought that I would be able to let go of things that anger me. But no, ang hita pa pala. and at the end of the day, sa partner ko na, sa partner ko na, you know, na la And that's not fair. You know, and it sucks. And the other part is how thankful I am for the friends that I have in a super healthy relationship. And that includes you, the you guys. Because um, if like for the background background information on like about this podcast and what I actually um, appreciate is that if we're not okay if we're not good we can we can push it we can push it it's fine because um, the thing that we agreed on is that this needs to be enjoyable and that's what I appreciate about it is because we're on our like third episode because the first one is a pilot episode third recording and I'm enjoying and that's something that wow, I'm actually enjoying it. And niggata pala.
0: Yeah, like you know? my fear cause when we rescheduled na parang, do I tell Alex in China that I'm depressed? Like I'm too depressed to like actually record. I was like, Yeah, these people would get it. Like, you know, it's that you know, having enough trust in friends to be that vulnerable. Na parang, hey guys, I'm I'm depressed as shit tonight cannot really <laughs> get out of bed and like open up and you guys took it well and that just empowers yeah. me more to be vulnerable and in this conversation like you know i'm not really the type to like you know really extensively talk about my romantic and diverse i, I do talk about it like in passing but it's not really In detail, and I'm surprised by how much details I shared tonight. It's just like really crazy. (laughs) But you know, I think to close off everything, like summarize everything. I think that you know, not only is this just about learning our own attachment styles, it's finding ways to be empowered to be vulnerable. Because you know, when you learn to be vulnerable when you realize that it's actually an opportunity for people to be closer to you, for you to foster really good connections with others. It's a lot easier to do it, talaga. Because, you know, when in the TED Talk that we watched, you know, like, people refuse to be vulnerable out of shame and fear. And the, rela- the attachment styles that are not secure are rooted in shame and fear. You know, so yung avoidant attachment style is rooted in probably shame because they weren't really listened to emotionally growing up. Yung anxious attachment is rooted in fear of being rejected, of being let down, those kinds of things. So it's I feel like it's really important talaga looking to look at our support system and how they contribute to yeah. to our level or willingness, rather, to be vulnerable.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I think yeah. that, um, yeah, especially, like, for the last one, like, the relationships that we have and that we foster. Because, uh, like, you know, we're adults already. Um, we already know that friends, you know, our friendships can fade away our relationships can fade away and, you know, it's just a test of time and it's okay. It's totally okay. And I think that because for, you know, the other part of the relationships that I'm handling right now is that the relationships that are rocky, my friendships that are rocky. And it's just now that I realize that I can either just accept that it's, you know, it's dissipating. I can either accept that or I can work through it. And, like leaving you know the year 2021 i decided like um yeah i I need i needed to choose because it's for my own also and it's okay and i feel like a lot of people can relate to like especially if you know you have a lot of friends and you think that it's not you know working out with other uh, other stuff and like me choosing to work through it but it has but i need to be able to communicate also that And I need to communicate. I need to also know that she, she or he, is also working through it with me, because recently, um, just to give like an example, I've had like um, kind of a misunderstanding. A misunderstanding. um, I was happy uh, this month of January. Well, it's not yet done, but like the first few months of the first few weeks of January, I was really happy and I was really set on like just focusing on myself, being stress free, and then. Um, a friend, you know, just I, I, I felt like a friend came in with a very confrontational energy with, in a way that I do not appreciate. And I do not appreciate that way that g- I didn't talking. Like, I didn't like it at the end of the day. And what I did was I just stopped communicating. I just gave myself, I gave, we gave each other like space from each other. And I feel like that's a start because, um, for me, like I said, Kanina, I'm anxious. So I just want to deal with it. And I just want to put on messages and just like go off on what I'm feeling, but I didn't do that. I replied and then I ignored. And then by the time, like after a week, after a whole, a whole week of like focusing on myself, just like being happy, um, I texted and I just, you know, said what I needed to say. And then the other person replied saying what they needed to say and now we're all good. It's just that yeah, it's it's a form of communication and just like not feeling guilty for ignoring it. Because you you can ignore it. You you can you're allowed to. You're allowed to not communicate if you don't want to. And that's something, you know, with with very anxious people. We, we always want everything to be good, everything, every single relationship that we have, but the reality is it's not always going to be good, and that's okay, because, you know, like, as just said, it will eventually be okay.
2: It's it's great then to see, because uh, um, when it comes to vulnerability, it allows for, like, deeper, like, deeper conversations and then better growth. Parang ito, like this whole podcast episode, um, the conversation we had today wouldn't be good if we didn't, we weren't willing ourselves to open up. And then, like, it wouldn't have been good either if just was, like she said, she was feeling not that great kahapon. It wouldn't be a, bit, a good quality conversation kung we just pushed through it and then she just wasn't feeling her best. And this So, like, I think this was the best thing to do. Like, we took our time. Like Shaina said, sometimes some relationships, some interactions require space. Some interactions need communication. But that's all done in our own pace. And then I feel like that's its own kind of vulnerability. And then understanding yourself into how important a relationship is to you, how important it goes. So, like... When it comes to this, like I feel like when you're on the topic, like coming back to summarize on the whole, on the whole topic, being vulnerable, um, this interaction was like a micro example of what it could become and what it could lead to, which is a better conversation and which is a better day that leads to growth to a person. to either learning more about yourself or learning more about the other person so be more vulnerable guys like like yeah let's (laughs)
1: practice
0: but like at the same time it's really worth it because like one of the most beautiful things that arise from two people being vulnerable to each other is learning how to connect to them better i think that's one of the most beautiful thing about relationships It's that, you know, when you get to know them and when you're open to them and when you open your heart to them and they're willing to do the same, there's this willingness to like, hey, let's let's cultivate a good ass relationship here and see where it goes. And usually when people are that willing consistently, it just develops into a relationship worth keeping for life. So we're four lifers here. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, a a <laughs> for lifers. So I think that wraps up our episode. So if you guys nice. have questions, comments, feedback, feel free to email us at please say psych at gmail. And we will see you at our next episode, where we will talk about
1: Alex. What will we talk about? Fandoms. <laughs> Fandom and fandom culture—it's very exciting. I think yeah. we said in the last
2: yeah. episode we were gonna talk about fandoms. Yeah, but, but we got too yeah.
0: excited about getting vulnerable, so <laughs> we're talking about fandoms in our next ep, which is pretty interesting. The data that we found yeah. is pretty interesting. It's good. Yeah, it's a good conversation. So till we, till you guys hear from us again. This is me, Just Danny this
2: and my me.
1: co-hosts.
2: Alex.
1: China. I <laughs> will see you all in the next yeah.
0: episode.
1: Thank you Bye. for listening.
0: Bye. Bye, guys.